I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Okay, I had to resubscribe to Peacock to watch Paris and Loveless. Oh, are you hooked yet? Uh, I mean, I'm not not hooked, but I wouldn't say hooked. All right. Well, you will be. You will be. Text me the moment when you're like, okay, I'm hooked because it's only a matter of time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm confident. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk to my sister, Gretchen Rubin, about her Happiness Project Revisited. Sarah is doing her own Happiness Project in 2024, and she's going to talk about it with Gretchen. I am, and I'm very excited about having this this time with Gretchen all to myself and you with you. (laughs) (laughs) And this week's Hollywood hack comes from Gretchen, and it will help you be happier. Plus, we have a joint recommendation. Okay, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, what's most pressing in our work psyches is happiness. If we're happier in our personal lives, we will be happier in our professional lives. And we happen to know a happiness expert, so we asked her to join us today, Gretchen Rubin, my sister. Welcome. Welcome. We're so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be talking to you. And, you know, I have to throw in, Sarah, your last name has a very kind of happiness flavor to it. Yes, it means with pleasure. I would fain do that. With pleasure. (laughs) No, I love it. Very very appropriate for our conversation. (laughs) And craft is very appropriate for writing. That's right. We covered it all in our names. We were destined (laughs) to be here, Sarah. Yes. Well, Gretchen, it is the 15th anniversary of The Happiness Project, which is the book you wrote, which was a memoir about your year of trying to be happier, changing your life without changing your life. 
And now you are doing the Happiness Project Revisited. Yes. It's the 15th anniversary. I love the Happiness Project format so much. There's so many ways of making resolutions and setting aims and intentions, and I love them all as an upholder. But there's something about the Happiness Project format that I really wanted to go back to it. So I thought, hey, I'll I'll bring a bunch of people along with me. Let's make this a whole thing. So yeah, I'm doing the Happiness Project Revisited course. And I'm so glad you are because I've told you this before, but I did the first happiness project and it resulted in me having my daughter. I mean, it had a really big impact on my life. It totally changed my life because now I'm a mom. Well, I remember when you had your blog, Starfish Envy, where you were really working through this big decision. It was a big decision. And the Happiness Project really helped me with it. And I actually still have the book. I just pulled it out and reread it in preparation for Uh the Happiness Project Revisited. But I realized, you talk about spiritual guides. Gretchen, this is slightly embarrassing, but I realized you're one of my spiritual guides. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's one of the best compliments I've ever heard in my whole life. So thank you. I'm, I'm, but you know, it's when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so probably the happiness project crossed your path at the right moment. But that's great. I'm so happy that it was able to um, help you with that big decision. Well, Gretchen, you touched on this, but why did you decide to do another happiness project? I mean, one thing I've been saying um, to you for a few years is, hey, you're about to be in your new phase of life, right. uh, which you're calling open door instead yes. of empty nest. You yes. call it open door. Both of your right. girls are gone. So I yep. imagine that's an impetus. Yes. And the anniversary. But what made you want to revisit Happiness Project? Part of that, that was a big catalyst for reflection. Part of it was the 15th anniversary. And then it's just, I am always interested in how setting things up in a different way can help us achieve an aim. It's kind of funny where you think, Well, I mean, this is about reframing, right? Which is, you think, well, the truth is the truth or an aim is an aim and setting it up in a different way, how different can it make things? But it really makes things very different. I wanted to revisit the happiness project structure where it's like you take the year, you divide it into themes, a theme per month, and then you tackle a few specific things for each month and see how it goes. I wanted to revisit that approach because it had such great results for me the first time. And I thought, well, you know, I haven't actually done it like that since I wrote Happier at Home. And so it just felt like the right time to revisit it. Well, what's also interesting is when you wrote The Happiness Project, it was really just about you. Yeah. And yes, you knew people were going to be reading it, but it was really all about you. Whereas with The Happiness Project Revisited, you're really doing it with others in mind, other people doing it in mind. And we'll talk a little bit about that as Sarah's preparing for hers. But I think that's an interesting difference of where you were then versus now. Well, absolutely. And you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're exactly right. Because when I did it then, people were like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And so many people were very skeptical of this approach. But right now, it's sort of like, I've done so much talking to people about happiness and habits and differences in human nature that, yeah, it's a much more, let's all do this together rather than when I was just doing it. As an experiment. Yeah. Yes. As an experiment where I really honestly didn't know how it would turn out. Yeah. Well, and Sarah, what about you? As soon as you heard Gretchen was doing this Happiness Project Revisited, you said, okay, I'm in. I want to do this. That's something I I know. (laughs) And Sarah, why did you want to do it now? Well, I realized that the last really almost decade of my life has been spent in either crisis mode or crisis management mode. I kind of have been 
bobbling back yeah. and forth between one and the other. You know, I say that I inherited my mom <laughs> when Violet yeah. was, she was almost two. And then, you know, my mom had Alzheimer's. She was sick. I was dealing with all of that challenge. And then my dad got sick and my dad died. Then my mom died. Then I was kind of still recovering from that when the pandemic hit. So then we were all in a global crisis. And then we moved to Ojai, which was very challenging at first. And now I feel like my life is kind of in a more, hopefully, non-crisis or crisis management place. (laughs) And I hope it stays there. So I want to take advantage of that and do what the original project was, which is be happier in my life now. Can I just say as a side note, like drive-by gold stars for you? Because one thing that Elizabeth (laughs) and I often say about you is you are so intrepid. You still, like, will go camping. You will still get another dog. I'm like, the first thing I would do is not go camping. You really have the spirit of courage and adventure that is just remarkable. So, I mean, especially given all the stuff going on in your life, it is truly admirable. I always say Sarah should have been a pioneer woman. Yes. And Gretchen, you should have been, like, a monk. Yes. (laughs) I think— I, I think I'm exactly was born at the right time. <laughs> you are who you were meant to be. But yeah, yeah, Sarah, last time you did it, you were in life-changing mode. You were yeah. doing yes. it in order to make a big decision that would upend your whole world. And this time you're really doing what Gretchen talks about, which is being happy in your life as it is. Yes. Not yes. looking to make big changes. And I think it's just an interesting notion, Gretchen, that... You can do a happiness project just to change these little things, Yes, not to move across the country. Yeah, I mean, I, I love reading about people moving to another country or doing some giant challenge. But I, I do think that sometimes people feel like if I can't do that, then there's really not much I can do. And I'm just very focused on what are the ordinary things the ordinary person can do without spending a lot of time, energy, or money, just within their ordinary routine. Because I think for a lot of us, that's just more realistic. We're not going to move to a new country. I mean, just moving to a new town in the same state was a giant undertaking for you, Sarah. Right, so I really am looking at those little things that people can do. Not that the big things can be really exciting and great as well, but I'm just very interested in the ordinary day. Well, coming up, we are going to get into the nitty gritty of Sarah's upcoming happiness project. I guess it is also a happiness project revisited for you, Sarah, because That's you've also true. done your own happiness yes, project. That is true. Yes. First, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. 
Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Okay, we are back with Gretchen Rubin, now apparently my personal spiritual guide for the next at least 10 minutes, which is very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So, Gretchen, what am I in for? Welcome back, and what am I in for? Well, this course is going to be really fun, if I do say so myself. So I worked with this brilliant (laughs) team to do it. And so it's the Happiness Project structure, which is month by month, there are these themes. But one of the things that's great about this is there are tracks so that you can personalize it for you, but it suggests it. So it gives you freedom to customize it, but it doesn't leave you to invent the whole thing yourself, which is something that I've heard from a lot of people. A lot of people like guidance, but you want to be able to suit yourself. It's an audio course because one thing, when you know this is podcasters, is people really now love the freedom of listening. It's a great way to learn and to engage, but to be able to work it more seamlessly into your life. You could be in front of a, sitting at a desk if you want, but you could also be in your car or walking around while you're listening. And so that's really fun to have it be audio first. I have a playbook, which is actually a workbook, but I was like, a workbook doesn't sound like fun. Let's call it a playbook. And that works because a playbook is like what athletes have or something to tell them what to do. And this playbook, again, I work with this brilliant team. It's beautifully designed. I can't wait. Sarah, you are such a bullet journal type of person. I think you will love it. Get out your markers, get out your stickers, get out all your stuff. But even if you don't do that, it's a great way to work through know yourself better questions, the tracks. You could do personal commandments. So by the end of the year, you'll really have your own list of personal commandments. And then the idea is this is a keepsake because hopefully doing a happiness project gives people a lot of opportunity to reflect and learn and think through issues and really experiment with things. Maybe some things don't work, but then some things do. And then now you really have this keepsake book that you can refer to or just use as a memento prompt going forward. 
I mean, I wish I had something like this from when I did it. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I wrote you the do book. have the whole book. I have the whole book, <laughs> yes. But then along the way, there are all these things that you try that don't work, hits and misses, groping your way. I just reread The Happiness Project from beginning to end, which I hadn't done in a long time. And yeah, it was an amazing keepsake. So I want all of us going through the course to have that experience again. Well, and then there's interaction between people. Yes. I think is huge. I mean, I just know from our Facebook group, people yes. learn so much from each other and add so much to each other's projects, I imagine. Well, absolutely. We can all learn from each other. Um, people swap resources. And then, like, different approaches work for different people. So sometimes people will be like, well, I'm a rebel, so this works for me. Or as an obliger, this is a great creative external accountability structure that maybe somebody else hadn't thought of. So, yes, I think it's so helpful to hear what other people are doing. And then sometimes just to hear that other people are struggling with something that you're struggling with. Because I think sometimes it's easy to start feeling discouraged, like, what's wrong with me? Nobody else struggles like this. People will say to me, like, I'm not a real adult. And I'm like, yes, you are. There's plenty of people who struggle with the same things you struggle with. So just figure out how to structure things to get yourself where you want to go. But I think hearing from a lot of different people can make that feel less intimidating. I'm hoping that a lot of people in our Facebook group are doing this because we have the best, most engaged. You have yeah. the Smartest. loveliest, most engaged, so <laughs> most insightful most helpful yes, yes. group of people. We do. I really want to be able to no, talk to them. That would be so fun. That would be so fun. Yes. And that's exactly the kind of spirit where everybody's just helping everybody else. We're trying to get happier. Yeah. Well, and Gretchen, a lot has changed in your life since you wrote The Happiness Project. <laughs> um, of course, 15 years, a lot happens. Yes. How has that informed this project? So much has happened. Like, we didn't have the podcast, Elizabeth. Uh, it's were, hard to imagine. It's hard to believe we didn't have the podcast. But, I mean, there was really no social media or streaming at that time. So things like, when I look back on it, it's like old tech alert. I mean, the kind of technology distractions, completely different. The four tendencies now, I completely see happiness now through the lens of habit formation, which was my book Better Than Before, and through the four tendencies, which is my whole four tendencies framework. So that gave me a much deeper sense of how people might be different from me, which I was not that aware of the first time I did it. We didn't have our dog Barnaby. That was a huge change. Elizabeth, you had just... I think you had just gotten married. So you had just, or no, you were engaged. You'd just oh, yeah. gotten engaged. You hadn't had Jack. I hadn't given up carbs yet. Now that's my hobby, of course, is eating <laughs> low carb. A huge, huge thing, huge thing was Jamie's hepatitis C was cured. So my husband had hepatitis yes. C, which is a very, very bad thing to have. And it was kind of this shadow over our lives. And thanks to science and researchers and doctors, he was cured. And it's interesting, I had forgotten this, but when I was rereading The Happiness Project, I say the doctors say it will be five years or more until hepatitis C is cured. They felt like a cure was on the horizon. They said it would be five years or more, and it was nine years. Wow. As it turned out. So they were right, but they were off by many, many years. Now I have a whole team that I work with, which is so fun and so exciting for me. Elizabeth, you had just been diagnosed with diabetes at that time. Yes. Yeah, you, ha you had a whole bunch of things happening all at once, I remember. Uh, my children now, like you said, my children are, people are often surprised. You, know, you always think that other people's children stay the same age. Yeah. I'm like, yes. no, they're still <laughs> growing. And then, you know, all these books, Life in Five Senses, like, it's fun looking back at the Happiness Project. I see the seeds of it. I hadn't yet, 
identified that as a theme. So a lot has changed, but then a lot is the same. I realize how often I quoted from Samuel Johnson. I'm like, yeah, that's something that I do. I still do that. So yeah. Yeah. And you're still in the same apartment. Yep. You've probably still got a lot of the same t-shirts. Oh, for sure. Yes, I do. Yes. Yes. Trying to get rid rid of those socks with holes in them. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into what the themes are, because I think that really starts helping people kind of understand what the project looks like. Yeah. I know the first month is laying the foundation, which I'm very excited about and ready to do. And then February is energy. March is organization. April is friendship. May, I'm going to love its play. June is family, which is great because that's when Violet's birthday is. July Mm. is creativity. August is love. September is work. October is mindful investment. November is meaning. And December is onward. I love all of those. And they're all things immediately, things come to mind of how I could make myself happier in each of those areas. Gretch, talk about what laying the foundation means, the self-knowledge of it all. We have to think about ourselves and what's true for us. And Everyone's happiness project is going to be different because our interests are different, our values, our temperament, our temptations, our strengths. And so January is all about just sort of understanding yourself, even things like, are you a morning person or a night person? Because I see this over and over. People will say something like, well, in 2024, I'm going to get up early and go for a run every day before I start my work day. And like a friend of mine said that to me, and it was like, no, you're not. Not because it's not a perfectly good idea, but you're a night person. You're not setting yourself up for success because you're not paying attention to the kind of person that you are. For you to do something like go for a run, you probably do a much better job if you did it later in the day when you're more energetic. And so again, instead of just running ahead, it's stop and say like, okay, well, what do I care about? When have I succeeded in the past? What is it that's going to make me happier? And so that's all about self-knowledge because then you're laying the foundation for going forward. And then Gretchen, what about energy? I'm intrigued by energy. Well, right. Because a lot of times when we're doing things to make ourselves happier, we're either asking ourselves to do a little bit more of something that's maybe a little bit of a stretch, or we're asking ourselves to refrain from doing something that maybe we would impulsively like to do. And so that takes energy. And I think when we have more energy, both more physical energy and more mental energy, then it's just easier to do all the things that we know are going to make us happier. For instance, Elizabeth, you just hosted Thanksgiving dinner for big family Thanksgiving dinner. That took a huge amount of energy. And the fact is, if you're too depleted, then you just can't do it. Then you would just Mm. find a way to say, no, I can't. And you might say to yourself, well, I know it would make me happier in the long run, but I'm just too drained. Or like Sarah, the way you're volunteering at the animal shelter. It's like, if you're just too drained and overwhelmed, then you can't do those. You just can't muster up the wherewithal to do them. Even if you say to yourself, I know that being in contact with these animals is going to make me happier. I know that doing good in the world is going to make me happier. But if you don't have the energy, it's just very, very hard to do those things. And so it's kind of a downward cycle. Whereas if you work on your energy often, then we can push ourselves. And then from those additional things, then more energy, more cheer, more happiness, more love, more enthusiasm, more connection can follow. But so I'm like, let's start with energy because it's going to make everything downstream in 2024 
easier. So do you have certain things that everyone can do or do people come up with their own ideas for how to get more energy? Well, there are two tracks. So one is physical and one is mental because people have different challenges for their energy. And then, yeah, there's a whole thing about how to figure out what it is that you want to do. But just highlighting this aspect of life and why and how to work on it and then figuring out what would move the needle for you. Sarah, have you thought about what you want to do in February for energy or are you not there yet? Well, I'm pre-laying the foundation, even though my playbook isn't coming till later today. I'm like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start anyway. Yes. The best time to start a happiness project is 20 years ago. The yes. second best time is now. Right now. Yes. Right now. Um, Today. So I actually recently got a used Pilates reformer. It's been like a dream of mine for like 15 years to have a Pilates reformer. And a friend mm. of ours was selling hers. And Liz was mm. like, go for it. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be doing. Ooh. And I'm really excited. Oh, see, that's great. But see, and this is a good example of how doing a happiness project can help because Sometimes we think that if we just acquire something, that then action will follow. Like, oh, if I buy this expensive tennis racket, I'll play tennis. But you sort of have to go that extra step and figure out, okay, how is this actually going to work into my life? And the thing about a happiness project, it's very much about like, okay, what is the concrete specific action that you would do that would bring this element into your life? And so it's a good time to have a new piece of equipment like this because instead of just being like, oh, I'll totally use it because I've always wanted it. It's like, okay, now that I have it, how many times a week am I going to do it? Morning, noon, or night? It helps you to really focus on that action so that it really does make a difference to your happiness because sometimes it's really easy to kind of have a great idea and then not really think through how to make it happen, I think. Gretchen, she'll be happy to know that when Sarah and I were having this discussion, if she should invest, speaking of mindful investment, if she should invest in the reformer, I said, I was channeling you, I said, okay, well, let's talk about what you're going to do with it. If you're going to get this, that means you have to actually do it. And Sarah, you made a plan and you also know... Two, one of your big things, Gretchen, is what has made you happy in the past or what you've done in the past is likely something you'll do in the present. Yeah. And Sarah, I mean, you used to do Pilates all the time. It's my favorite form of exercise. You know that you will do it. Yes, and I'm also copying you, Liz. Instead of saying I'm going to do 100 Fryman hikes, I've committed in 2024 to using my Pilates reformer 150 times. Oh, I didn't. That's news. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) See, that's great. But for you, you, Elizabeth, doing the Fryman 100, that was really exciting. Like, it really made it more fun. And I think it really kept you going because you're sort of like, I don't want to be hiking twice a day in December. Exactly. And it did give me energy. Speaking of energy. Yeah. Sarah, are you, I have to ask this, are you going to write down? Are you going to keep track? Oh, yes. I'm keeping track. And I... Okay, this I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I got stickers that I put in yes. my bullet journal. A thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> On it. the margin every time I do yes. it. And then I also have a place I'm gonna do hashtags. So yes. Yes. <laughs> and we need so those school excited. stars. You need the the to-do list and the to-do list. Yes. Yes. I love and I a can't good to-do I can't list. resist mentioning that I have a 
don't break the chain habit tracker. If people yeah. love to just track, I have I have a journal for that because so many people like don't break the chain, but then counting is also really useful for if you're hitting that auspicious number. So that's great. I love nothing more than making a check mark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As we all do. Yes. yes. <laughs> and Sarah, you've raised the bar here with your 150. Yes. Well, it's in my house. I really, yeah, right. I, I have no excuse. <laughs> How many people use like their stationary bike as a clothes rack? Yes. That's sort of the yes. classic thing. So, oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> yes. 150. Okay. Yes. Uh, Another thing that's interesting, Gretchen, about the Happiness Project Revisited is that, and this goes to a lot of what Sarah's been saying, is that depending on where we are in our lives, things resonate differently and we have different priorities in our 20s or our 30s, 40s, and so on. How does that impact doing the Happiness Project Revisited? No, exactly, because I think you're, we go through different seasons of life and different things are important to us at different times or we've had certain experiences. And so it is very fascinating to revisit this because the world has changed and I have also changed and my family has changed and my work has changed. And so it's like, you know, you can't step into the same river twice. Like You can't do the same happiness mm. project because things have changed. And so it's actually more interesting to do it the second time because you can see what's changed. And so many of the things that I did the first time I still do, which is reassuring, like, oh, I am still having my children's literature reading group. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting to think about how it might be different at different times. Like for you, Sarah, it's completely different. Completely different. You know, I... Like I said, I just reread the book, and so much of it is about parenting and and relating to your kids. And of course, 15 years ago, I didn't have Violet. And rereading it now, it really resonated with me in a completely different way. And I know that this project will, in a lot of ways, be connecting with Violet and Mm -hmm. not just making me happier, but making both of us happier. So yeah, it's a completely different framework for me now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Gretch, I feel like I have been on a 15-year happiness project <laughs> with you since the beginning of this journey. <laughs> yes. um, I'm much happier for it. And every week no. we do our own little happiness project on the podcast. Well, Elizabeth, I often say that you are one of my happiness guinea pigs or also could be described as innocent bystander. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yes, because, no, the treadmill desk, remember? Yes. Like, for both yes. of you. Yes, this whole segment came yes. out of your your happiness project, wanting to get that for me because you thought it would make me happier and asking my permission for yes. you to give it to me. Yes. And I said yes, and then Sarah was like— You can see like, my messy one in the background. <laughs> yes, <here. laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and we're going to check in with Sarah, of course, through the year. Uh, we'll be talking about the Happiness Project Revisited, invite everybody to join us. Gretchen, if people want to do this, where should they go? Okay, you should go to happiercast.com slash course. And if you happen to go in December, there is a 30% off, so less expensive if you do it right away. Again, that's happiercast.com slash course for information and sign up. And I hope a lot of people sign up. It's going to be so fun. Yes. All right, coming up, Gretchen has a Hollywood hack that will help with your happiness project. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back with a Hollywood hack. And Gretchen, this comes from you. I think it applies to so many things, both personally and professionally. My advice is suit yourself. Do not get discouraged if something doesn't work out for you the way other people do it, or you're like, everybody else can do it this way. What's wrong with me? Or if it's not working, I should double down and do it harder or do it longer. If something isn't working for you, say to yourself, well, how? what's a different way that I could go about achieving that aim for myself? For instance, a lot of happiness experts will say, don't do your emails first thing in the morning. You should do your most difficult work first thing in the morning and do emails later in the day. But then some people are like, man, I got to ease into the day. I can't do my most demanding work early in the morning. I got to start with my emails. Or I can't focus on something if I think that something might be brewing in my email inbox. I need to go in there and check it out. Make sure that there's like nothing that needs my immediate attention before I turn to something else. Whenever somebody says there's a right way or a best way, always ask yourself, is that the right way for me? Is that the best way for me? Because a lot of times things will work for someone and not work for you and vice versa. And that's fine. We can all reach the same destination, but we might need to take different roads along the way. Great advice. Yes. I'm a person who has to do the emails first thing. So that's, yes. I got to get them out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then Liz, you and I have a joint recommendation this week. We want to recommend the original Happiness Project book. Oh, that's so Yes, it is so Aww. good. It's such a good read. If I say I do feature in the book yes, several you times. feature prominently. I um, it, think it's a page turner. You learn so much. To me, my big takeaway from it is living in an atmosphere of growth. I don't yes. think we yes. would... We wouldn't have our podcast, Gretchen, or this podcast if it weren't right. for the Happiness Project. It really changed yes. all of our lives. And then, Sarah, I know you specifically want to recommend the audiobook. Yes. I love the audiobook, Gretchen. You're a very oh. good reader. Oh, thank you. <laughs> for me, it was very nice to be able to kind of bring it with me in the car or listen to it when I was doing a puzzle. So I could go back and forth between the book and the audiobook. But for me— the listening experience really helps things stick. Mm. So I'm a big fan specifically of the audiobook. Oh, well, thank you. And you'll notice that you did not hear any stomach noises because I had a pillow <laughs> over my stomach because I have such a gurgly stomach. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Something I did not know about myself. And it wasn't exactly Thrilled wasn't the happiest out. piece of information yes. to get about myself. <laughs> But, but know uh, yourself better. Yeah, yes, know yourself better. And uh, so I hope I hope that the pillow did its job. So it did. Uh, <laughs> well, Grudge, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank we will you. be checking in throughout the year. This is so much fun. Thanks so much, and I, I can't <laughs> wait to hear more as we go throughout the year. 
And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love hearing from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to Gretchen Rubin for joining us today. You can follow her on Instagram and TikTok and threads at Gretchen Rubin. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Side Hustle School. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So Sarah, if you do the thing 150 times, yeah. 150 yep. times, so that means you have to do it three days a week. Yeah. Yep. And are you have a set schedule like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or you're going to wait and see week to week what works best? I'm going to wait and see week to week, but I've had it for less than a week and I've done it four times. There's oh, something, that's amazing. You know, it's like right there in the middle of stuff, so... <laughs> Well, and the good thing about having the number, like with Fryman, is it yeah. makes you do more because you do want to sort of, quote unquote, get ahead. Yes. Yes. But of course, I can't even count these toward my 150. I have to wait oh, until right. January. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> <I know>. true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're getting um, in the right mental frame. Yes, exactly. From the Onward Project.